What a blessing to be here, you guys. What an awesome church, praying church. Thank the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Um, before I begin, a little oh, distraction sorry. while I'm yeah, doing it. Move this over. Before I begin, as we're getting all set up and everything, um, I'm just going to mention one quick thing. Today is International Women's Day. Yay! <laughs> so it's a day where we celebrate um, accomplishments of women and wonderful things like that. I have, uh, I just got a book this week that's, it's like a hundred women who changed the history of like the 21st century. And one of the women in there, we're going to be talking about the nations as well, as uh, Gladys, Gladys Alward, and she was a missionary. She was born, I think, 1904 to, she lived till 1970, and she went to China. She did amazing things for God at a time, I mean, early 1900s. So I was just like, wow, that woman, I read this book, and I opened it up. The moment I opened it up, I did not put it down. It was probably three hour, three and a half hour read for me. You guys could probably read a little faster, but, uh, anyway, it's, it's actually a, it could be even for teenagers. It's a really simple read, but it's beautiful since it is International Women's Day. I wanted to just bless a woman here, any woman here, anyone that would be interested in reading about a missionary who did incredible work. So whoever wants it, come. Okay. All right. (laughs) There you go, Ms. Linda. Thank you. All right, so today we're talking about God's heart for the nations. Okay, I work at Fire International, and Fire International is, um, it's here in Concord, and we are a mission missionary sending agency. So we have over 100 missionaries, we probably have 125, something like that, missionaries, and this is the app. It's just showing you what it looks like. So if anybody is interested in reading about missionaries and hearing awesome reports around the world, things that God is doing, God is at work by his spirit all around the world. So it's really amazing. Um, you can click on the newsletters down below, and then you can read newsletters from tons and tons of missionaries if you're interested in doing that. So couldn't talk about missions or about uh, nations without mentioning uh, Fire International, who, praise God, he opened the door for me to work there. So it's incredible. I get to read all these testimonies every day, and, you know, it's wonderful, but then at times it's like, okay, God, I'm hearing about all these people and all these people that you've sent all over the place. And what can I do, God? What can I do? So I think that's what God wants every heart just to be a willing heart saying, God, what do you want? You know, whether it's just going to a grocery store and smiling at the clerk and, and giving them a word of encouragement or feeding children or praying for businesses, whatever it is that God's put in your heart to do, just do it. He's at work around the world, so he can use every life. Um, This is a scripture. It says, your blood has ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have caused them to become a kingdom of priests for our God, and they will reign on the earth. So this is God's heart. He died. Thank God. His amazing grace. Amazing grace. What a beautiful song that we sang today. Um, it's for everybody, you know, everybody, every tribe, 
every language, every people, every nation. Thank you, God, for what you did for all of us. Again, amazingly, this was scripture was shared today. Thank you, Jesus. He is so awesome how he works. So God's heart is that the whole earth would be filled with his glory. And here it is, Habakkuk 2, verse 14. The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Another version says as the waters fill the sea. So the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. So that is God's heart, that the whole earth would be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. So praise God. That's that's what we're aiming for. That's what we're striving for. As believers, we have to share the gospel with others so that everybody can experience his presence and have knowledge of him. So God's strategy, what does he say? Matthew 28, the Great Commission, go and make disciples of all nations. It's a command. It's something that he told all of us to do. Go and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them, you know, it continues on. But I grabbed this little part of the scripture. So here, nations, the Greek word from nations is ethnos, which which is ethnic. It's standing for people groups. That's what is being said. So in this scripture, it says, go and make disciples of all nations. Go and make disciples of all people groups. So that is what God is looking for us to do, to make disciples of all people groups. Actually, turn to your neighbor and tell them, when we get to heaven, we're going to be the minority. Tell them that. When we get to heaven, we're going to be the minority. It's true. I looked up this week, and in America, do you know that we are only 4%? Less than 5%. It's 4 point something. We're only 4% of the entire world's population. Yeah. It's incredible. I mean, we need to go and make disciples of all the nations. So what is the people group? Go and make disciples of all people groups. So people group is a group of individuals who share a common history and heritage as well as an ethnic, linguistic, and cultural traits. These statistics, oh my gosh, they just hit my heart and it's just... Okay, so there's over 7 billion people in the world today. It says seven point, more than 7.4 billion people in the world today. That's a lot of people, and it's increasing. People are always being born, right? So 3.14 above that billion in the world today are unreached. They're considered unreached with no access to a Christian. Over 3 billion billion people in our world will never, never have the opportunity to meet somebody like you and I. They will never hear the name of Jesus, according to these statistics. We want to change that. So there's over 50,000 people die every day without ever hearing Jesus' name mentioned once. I did the math, and that means over 1.4 million die every month who have never had the opportunity to hear about Jesus. God's heart, God's blood was for every nation and every people group. He died for all of us. And here we are in America, 
and praise God for America and praise God we've got praying people and we prayed today for leaders and all kinds of things. Our heart needs to be where we're at. You know, God's placed us here. But what about all the other people? Billions and billions and billions of people that we just, I don't know. Maybe, maybe some of you already knew these statistics. Maybe you didn't. You know, when I first heard it, I think I would just heard it, you know, it was just, a, you know, hit my mind. But now that I've had time to think about this and prepare, this is like hitting my heart. I'm like, my God, three, over three billion people are never, never going to get the opportunity to hear about Jesus. So if we don't go, if we don't send, if we don't give, and if we don't pray, how many people are going to die without hearing the gospel? The scripture right here, Jeremiah 29, 11, who can say it off the top of their head without even having the verse written down below. You guys know this one? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. We are so incredibly blessed in America, so incredibly blessed that we don't even have to have that scripture written down. We just know it. Now, if I say John three sixteen, who just knows it? Like the whole room knows it. We have heard the gospel. We have it in our hearts. We need to get it out. There are people that do not know what that means. There are people even in America that do not know what that means. Five years ago, I was working at a fitness center, and there was a, a Spanish lady, and her hus- she would come to work, and she would be so happy when she came to work. You could tell she was so happy to be at work. She loved working. She worked in the nursery. And so I connected with her. My husband and I have ministered to a Spanish community for some time, and weird with children and she has her own children she would be able to bring her child to work and I just talked to her and um come to find out that her husband was abusing her and um I think she had a bruise on her one day and I could just tell she was sad before I even saw the bruise or knew that I could just sense something was wrong one day I said what's wrong what's the matter and she opened up and she told me and then she went back and she started working with the kids. And I'm like, God, what can I do? You know, God will use you wherever you're at. God, what can I do? What can I say? I can't change your situation. She's going to go back home to that. But what can I do, God? He said, give her this scripture. I gave her Jeremiah 29:11. I wrote it down exactly, exactly as you see it. I asked her first, do you have a Bible? She said, yes, I have a Bible. So then I just wrote the scripture like that. She owns the Bible. She's in America. We all have Bibles, right? She came to me the next day, and she said, I couldn't find it. I was like, what do you mean you couldn't find it? She's like, I don't know. I don't know how to, I couldn't find it. I said, let me get my Bible. And I opened up my Bible and I had to explain. The Holy Spirit took me down from, we're so blessed to know the word of God. 
that for me it's like I couldn't even comprehend somebody not knowing, somebody that owned a Bible and yet did not, that looked like Chinese to them, that looked like a whole nother language to them. I'm like, Jeremiah, that's the chapter. Or that's, you know, that's the chapter. 29 is the chapter. The little dots mean verse. And then you're going to see smaller little numbers. And the number 11 is the verse name. Let's find it together. This is how you locate it. And so, so she saw it. And I was able to give it to her. But that's in America. Can you imagine? At least she had a Bible. At least she had access to a Bible. So there's two, t- I'm going to separate things in two areas at the moment. So we'll talk, world A is an example, America, where we're at. We've got born again believers and even the religious. There's people that have head knowledge, but not heart knowledge, but they at least have a knowledge. They can at least go, especially in North Carolina. My goodness, every street corner, there's a church. You're going to hear somebody, the Bible belt. You're going to hear somebody that knows about God. If you look a little bit. I, we grew up in, uh, or I grew up in Maryland, and we had to drive at least 45 minutes to go to a church. But imagine being somewhere where you have to drive really far away. Anyway, you can get access to the Bible no matter what. You know, something on YouTube. You can see, we know in America, we have the word of God. World B, you can remember this, how to pray for the rest of the world by thumb. Tribal, Hindu, unreligious, Muslim, and Buddhist. Those are the main beliefs of the other nations, of many of the other nations, and that's how we can pray. So this is the 1040 window. Has anybody here heard of the 1040 window before? A couple, you can raise your hand if you haven't heard of the 1040 before. I'm probably talking a little bit to the those right now. So the 1040 window, you can see there's like this a little box around, and there's a bunch of red inside. It goes all the way from Africa to Japan, and 97% of the world's unreached people groups, which is people that have not had the chance to hear about Jesus, or less than maybe 2% of them have ever had that chance, they're unreached. They live inside that 1040 window. So right there, and believe it or not, that is where the majority of the population lives. You know, China, I believe, is the number one in population, right? Well, India is about to surpass that, or it will be in the next few years. They're very close. So, you know, Africa and India is in there. You see, like, you know, all of that is right in there. And that's where 97% of them are. Here we have the progress of the gospel by the people groups. The red is saying that it's the unreached or the least reached. That's where less than 3% have ever heard the Bible or are born-again believers or evangel, you know, people that that are like us that would share Jesus. So it's unbelievable. The yellow, they've heard a little bit. The green is obviously we've got the gospel, you know, as often as we want. We are super blessed. So unreached people groups is a people group who lacks a community of indigenous Christians able to evangelize the rest of the people group without outside help. So these people need help. They haven't heard the gospel. They don't have access to the gospel, you know, so they need somebody to come in and help them. There are 17,000 people groups in our world, in the world. 40% 
it's not 41% of the 17,000. It's 41% of the population is unreached. 41% of the population has zero or 1% or have never, never, never heard about Jesus. Matthew 24, verse 14 says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations. Again, that word ethne. And then the end will come. So that's the scripture where they're talking about, you know, wars and rumors of wars and things like that. But it's saying that the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all people groups. And then the end will come. But yet we are 41%. They haven't had the gospel preached yet. They have no access to the gospel. So how many languages are there in the world right now? There are over 7,111 uh, 7, exactly, according to Ethnologue. I went to the Museum of the Bible a few years back. This was in 2017. You might not be able to tell um, from the picture too much, but on the left side, you've got um, 1,525 languages do have the New Testament out of the 7,000. And on the right side, 671 of them languages have a full Bible. So there are a lot of, there's over 7,000 languages and only 671 of them have a Bible. We, just to have the word of God, how blessed are we? At least 1.5 billion people do not have the full Bible in their language. And that's more than the people in the entire continent of Africa. So, I mean, think about that. Just think about that for a minute. I read, I stayed up till like midnight reading that book, that book about Gladys, uh, the missionary to China. I was so touched by it. The very next day I go to work and God had given me a gift. Somebody gave it, but God used them. Gave me a gift of a little like metal. It was from China. Like, Wow. Every now and then we get blessed with missionaries bringing us gifts and things like that. But this was something that was in the office from five years ago. Don't worry, no virus was attached to it. <laughs> so so um, anyway, it was on my desk. And it was so beautiful. And I said, well, what does this mean? Because it had, you know, the different, like, the way Chinese writing is. And I didn't understand it. And she said, well, I think it was a prayer. I think, you know, it's been five years ago since the missionary dropped this off, but it was from China, and I, I think it's a prayer. I'm like, oh, I wish I understood what this prayer is. I wish I could understand. But God was telling me, I'm holding on to something. The very next day, after reading how this woman did amazing missionary work, I'm holding on to something at my work from China. And he's like, we all have something we all have something to share with the world. You've got it right here. You can share something with the world. So anyway, I was so curious to find out what that prayer was that I got this translating apps or something. I was like, oh, surely there's a translating app. There's so much technology out there. Let me figure out what this prayer is. I downloaded one app and another app and another app and another app. You could take pictures of the thing and, you know, and it would translate. It wasn't coming up. 
the prayer was not coming up. At one point, one part of the letters, it said honor. I was like, okay, well, maybe one word in this whole thing says honor. Like, thank you, God. But at, at one point, I just got, I kind of panicked. I, and I don't panic. I don't panic. That's not normal for me. But after trying for like an hour, down, this app's not working. This app's not working. This app's not working. And I was like, I was almost like panicking for like just a few seconds. I was like, God, I can't understand. You know, I started, emotions started, you know, I didn't feel smart. I was like, I'm not stupid, but I don't understand. I can't understand. And God was telling me, I just let you see for just a few moments how somebody that doesn't have the Bible in their language would feel. You know, maybe they would have a Bible in a different language or something that they would go, like, what if God gave them something and they still could not understand it? So what can we do? Surely we can all pray and we can all share and we can all give. Thank God we've got intercessors. So how can you get involved? How can God use me? That's the question. So first we can begin by praying for unreached people groups. We want to make a difference. So how do we pray for unreached people groups? How do we even find them? There is a website called joshuaproject.net. Miss Linda, you know about it. And um, anybody else, have anybody went to the Joshua, has anybody heard of the joshuaproject.net website? A few. This website is incredible. Incredible. It tells you all the people groups. Here, I took a screenshot of it um, on the app. It said people groups were 17,307 at the time I took the, the screenshot. Um, this is just one of the things, I know you can't see it from where you're sitting, but this is just one of the things on the joshuaproject.net website. I looked up 50 of the largest unreached people groups. And here it tells you the names of them. You can see the population of them, the primary religion of each of these groups, where they're located. Every single group in these 50 of the largest unreached people groups have a population of over 10 million in all of them. All of the numbers are higher than 10 million. 10 million people in every single thing or higher in all of these places. Millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of people have not heard the gospel. You can pray for them. You can find them. JoshuaProject.net So there's another company called Ames. And Ames and Joshua Project, they work together. Ames has put together a, well, this Light 3500, it's an initiative, shining light in the darkness. Somebody saw this, somebody knew something needed to be done. So, what Ames has done is they have found 3,500 of the least reached people that have less than 3% are born-again believers, and they have decided that they're going to make a difference for those top 3,500 of all those groups. So what is the light 3,000 or 300, 3,500? 3, it's an initiative birthed in prayer to target and reach 3,500 unreached people groups in five years through partnerships and people group adoptions. This 
Ames is doing an incredible work. And I know people that have, I know people in Ames and they would be more than happy to share more firsthand. I'm kind of sharing secondhand, but, um, and Miss Linda at Evangel Worship Center several years ago, I t- uh, put together a training and I attended that, and we went to a week-long training that learned a lot more about the people groups. So there's a lot of training that they offer, and there's training online if you go on the Ames website. So what is Light 305? I don't know why I say that, because I say 3,500, but every time I hear somebody else say it, they're saying 3,500, and for me, that's weird. So sorry if I'm messing up the number. So what is it? It's a person, it's a church, or an organization can actually adopt one of those people groups. You can adopt them. So what are you doing if you decide to adopt them? You just, you are praying for, you're agreeing to pray for, you're sending by giving and helping financially towards, and you can get to see the progress of the people group that you're giving towards. And then Ames will provide updates. So if you do decide, oh, I would like to adopt one of these people groups because I'm going to pray that this specific people group is going to hear the gospel and they're going to send out missionaries. They're going to send out indigenous missionaries. That way they don't have to go through all the trouble of the linguistic barriers and all the different barriers. There's somebody within their own land. Ames will go and they will train leaders in that area and then they'll go out and they'll start house churches. And then Ames will provide an update if you decide to adopt one um, Ames provides an update, and they say, oh, okay, well, this quarter we've had uh, 50 churches begin, and we've had 87 baptisms, and we've had 90 salvations. You know, they give very detailed report, so there's accountability. If, the, if they do not, Ames has accountability. If the field worker does not give that report, for those that are adopting, then they'll, they won't have their support. So they need to provide that. Um, I know there's a lot here. It's hard to see what everything is, but basically this is one of the people groups and this is a paper of them. This is the Chamars. They're located in India and I have these, I'm actually going to give these out to everybody in a few minutes. Um, you'll get to see one so you can hold it and see the exact statistics and all the information that they give. But the Chamar people, they're considered untouchable. To be untouchable, according to the Indian Hindu uh, tradition, is to be undesirable, unworthy of any sort of consideration or provision by society. And this translates into frequent joblessness, lack of education, and lifelong poverty. The upper caste members or like upper class members will even avoid an untouchable shadow. They are the poorest of the poor. And then that little pyramid looking thing is how they uh, in India have the caste system. The Chamars with that green arrow are at the very bottom, the deletes. They are the lowest of the low. People don't even want to be around them. They'll have jobs often as you know, I don't know, sanitation stuff, cleaning toilets. Um, The Chamar specifically, they do do leather work, though. They make sandals and things like that. So they're actually more tribal than Hindu because even the Hindus don't want to identify with them. They're such a low caste. And Jesus, I can just see Jesus reaching out to the poorest of the poor and, and caring about those that others would just, you know, 
rejected by man, but valued by God. So where do the Chamars live? They live in the state called Uttar Pradesh in a, t- in a city called Kanpur. And the Uttar Pradesh population is most likely, well, it is. It's Kanpur. Actually, the Kanpur population is probably larger than the north, all of North Carolina and that, just that little city. There's millions of people. Um, I'm going to keep right here for a second. I want you guys to be able to see what all of this is. So, um, Christian, maybe, can you help hand these out? And, yes, thank you, honey. I'll give you some, and then, Christian, I'll get another one for you, too. Again, you go on that joshuaproject.net website, and you'll locate thousands and thousands of people groups. This is just only one people group out of those many, many, many thousands. Why am I sharing the Chamars? I've decided to adopt them. So I have adopted them. You can also join with me if you'd like to adopt them, or you could pick another people group, or you can just go there and pray. But ask God, God, what can I do? I know that what I'm sharing today is an answer to somebody's prayers. God told me that. I attended a prayer meeting, an all-night prayer meeting, and I was blessed to hear, and I was only there for a portion of the time, I was blessed to hear some people saying that they were believing for 50,000 salvations. That was in America, but still, somebody is believing for 50,000 salvations. Praise God. This would be a wonderful opportunity to have salvations for somebody that has never heard the gospel. I heard another person say, I pray for the whole world. I know you guys are praying people. This is strategic way to pray. Thank you. So the next we have, um, the un, we can explore unreached people groups on that Joshua project.net website. This is another group called the Banjara. They're again in India. So these at the moment are the most, the five most needed, um, people groups that are in need of adoption. So I've listed two of them here from India. One of them you have right there in your hands. Um, Two of them are from Nepal, and one of them is in Ethiopia. So if you're interested in adopting one or finding out more information about them, these are the specific names of those groups that need adoption right now. There are missionaries right now in those countries ready just waiting to have the support to go out and make a huge difference and share the gospel with people that have never heard it. So I don't know if you have a pen, if anybody is interested. The first group I listed here, and they're in no specific order, is the Banjara, B-A-N-J-A-R-A. They're in India, and you can look them up on the website. Again, Banjara, B-A-N-J-A-R-A. The Chamar, which is right in front of you. Again, that's another one in need of adoption. I've adopted them, but I've adopted them at a lower level. There's different levels of adoption. I will talk about that in a minute. So they are still in need of adoption. Bantwana, B-A-N-T-A-W-A. They're in Nepal. You can read about them on the joshuaproject.net website. Um, the Kirung, which is actually pronounced Girung, K-Y-E-R-U-N-G. They are in Nepal. And lastly, Hammer, H-A, only one M, 
E-R, and they are in Ethiopia. So if you're interested in seriously doing an adoption or praying for one of those people groups right there, the ones that are in need at the moment, the five most needy at the moment, you can go to joshuaproject.net. So since 1985, Ames has trained more than 170,000 leaders worldwide, and they've planted more than 51,000 churches as a result. They are seeing results. 34.4 million people have heard the gospel, and 3.1 million people have found Christ through the work of this Ames people. And they are doing strategic missions. They are doing new church plants all the time. When I'm talking about new church plants, I'm not talking about buildings. I'm talking about house churches. These are in countries where there may not even be building materials. You know what I'm saying? Like they're not going to have a whole lot. They might live in a grass hut or something. So they're not talking about buildings. We're talking about house churches, just people gathering together, sharing the word of God, kind of like what we would consider in America, a Bible study or home group. So Ames has um, done some training last year in India. They had 50 field workers, which is an indigenous missionary. So they had 50 missionaries from those specific country in India. And 50 of the field workers at the end of the Ames training all came to the Ames leaders and said, you know what? We can start 20 new house churches this year. All 50 of them said they were going to start 20 new house churches in that year. You can do the math, or I've done it right there. That's 1,000 new house, church, new church plants in one year. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. So people group adoption, um, what are you doing when you're agreeing to adopt? If you choose to do that, you're caring about the eternity of a people group and serving them until they come to know the life-transforming power of Jesus. There are three levels of adoption. You can do $30 a month. With the $30 a month, you're agreeing to pray. You're getting the reports just like, well, I handed you the about, but you can also have access to the database, and then they will show you your group and how many baptisms and how many salvations and, and their prayer needs, things like that. The Chamar, one of their prayer needs was to pray that they wouldn't have any, what they call it, sheep stealing. Because they have done a whole lot of work sharing the gospel. They have driven motorcycles through towns of swarms of people to go and, and share the gospel and to start house churches and then, uh, different denomination of something. I forget what it's called. Not Christian, but something has come in and then they've tried to take the people and snatch some of the people and falsely teach them. So that was one of their prayers was please, please pray that those that we lead to Christ stay and that another false thing doesn't come in and try to steal their sheep after they've worked so hard. So um, that's what you get with $30 a month, $100 a month, basically the same. Plus, I think you get a phone call or something from one of the leaders in Ames. You get coaching. There's a coaching service, though. Once you agree to adopt, they'll There'll be a coach that can contact you and you can, they'll answer lots of questions. And there's $300 a month for anyone just aching to give that. 
There is power in prayer. So, you guys, we can all make a difference. Some of you have been praying, what can I do? This is huge. You can just ask God, God, what do you want me to do? And so I ask him, I'm like, God, what do you want me to do? And some of you know, I've shared this before, that my daughter ran away when she was 16 and a half. She should have been in my home living under my care from 16 and a half at least till the day she turned 18. I got my calculator out. That's 547 days that she was not under my care, that she should have been under my, I mean, obviously I still have the spiritual authority. But she should have been in my home for those 547 days. And I said, God, what can I do? And he said, pray that you will have 547 salvations. Because how much do we love our own children? How much more does God love his own children? And his blood has ransomed people from every people group and every nation. And I'm believing God that there will be 547 salvations at least through my adoption of the Chamars. And that I will continue to pray for them. And you guys can pray and you guys can pray for your own. And you can ask God yourself, God, what do you want me to do? You know? It wasn't just 547 days that I was hurting. It was every minute of every day, which was hundreds of thousands of minutes. How many hundreds of thousands and millions and billions of people are not under the care of their loving Father God that should come home to God? They're not prodigals. They couldn't run away. They've never heard. They don't know. There's no hope without him. They have got to hear about Jesus and what Jesus did for them. So we have power in our prayers. So I just thank you for this time. So thank you, Heavenly Father, God. I thank you that you'll touch hearts here today, God. I thank you that you put a seed in everybody's heart, God, that that they know the reality of what's happening around the world, God. That many already know much more than I do, God. But, but it's just starting to hit me now, God, how it sorrows your heart not to have your children, God. Save their souls, God. Bring the people, bring the indigenous missionaries to the people that you would have to save, God. Prepare their hearts to receive you, God. Let them know there's hope. Let them hear the name of Jesus. I can't imagine never hearing your name, Jesus. I thank you, God, that you want to use everybody in this room. I thank you for the great commission. Go. Some of us are goers. Some of us have been on the mission field. Some of us will be on the mission field. But some of us are senders. Some of us can pray. Some of us can give financially. Some of us can make huge, huge changes in the spiritual atmosphere of a location, of a town, of a people group. Help them to pray and intercede, God. Put it on their hearts. Let this not just be a sermon or a message or a teaching. Oh, that was good. God, let people go home and make a difference. Let people come into your kingdom, God. Save their souls. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you for the goers that are 
faithful to go in the field and do the work that you've called them. I thank you for the senders that are faithful in giving financially. I thank you for the intercessors. God, use all of our lives, Lord Jesus, for your glory. For that scripture, Habakkuk 2, verse 14, that the whole earth, God, the whole earth would be filled with the knowledge of you, God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.